morning. Um, welcome to the adult Sunday school class, and we have a special treat today. We are going. We we we've heard Brother Gidrose preach many times through the years, but I don't think we've ever heard from Sister Gidrose. But today she's going to teach our Sunday school lesson. So let's give her a warm welcome as she comes. So, I am a teacher, so, uh, and I love God, and I love to teach. I would be a lot more comfortable if y'all would move in. <laughs> I won't have to turn my head so much. I thank you. Get you out of your comfort zone just a little bit. I'm out of mind, so y'all can join me, okay? <laughs> uh, a little boy was overheard praying, Lord, if you can't make me a, a better boy, don't worry about it. I'm having a good time just like I am. Sometimes we're like that, aren't we? And... I have found through the years that the teacher is the benefit, gets more benefit out of the lesson than the students because we have it twice. We study for it and then we deliver it. And so we, uh, I'm teaching to myself this morning. We're going through a battle and I'm talking, going to talk about fear this morning uh, and how we can overcome that. And I'm so thankful that we serve a God that we can depend on through the storms of life. In the Bible, and it's really in the Bible, there's a deluded engineer, a magician, a waiter, a nudist, a beggar, a lunatic, a harem girl, and an improper woman. Now, who are in the world are these people? They were all willing to look foolish if that's what it took to bring a message to the world. Now, who are these people? Can you guess? Noah was the engineer who designed and built an ark in the desert. Moses, when he was delivering his people, turned water into blood. So he was the magician. Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the king, so he was the waiter. Isaiah, who went naked for three years as an illustration to his people. Did you know that? You stop and think about it. Elijah was the beggar, he was reduced to begging the widow for a morsel of bread. David acted like he was insane in order to um, 
escape the enemy, so he was the lunatic. Queen Esther, who brought deliverance to her people, was the little harem girl, and Mary, the mother of the Christ child, was what the world called an improper woman. Fear of failure often stunts our potential. Sometimes we want to be like that little boy, don't we? <laughs> we we're kind of happy just just like we are. But God has potential for us. Joseph Stalin, the dictator, controller of the destiny of his people, the holder of life and death over millions, was one of the unhappiest men to ever live. He was so full of fear. He was nearly paralyzed by his fears of being poisoned or killed. He was so mean that he knew that somebody was going to had it in for him and was going to get him. He had eight bedrooms in the place where he lived, and no one ever knew where he was going to be sleeping that night. He was so full of fear. Analysts have categorized fears of all sorts. Did you know, and I can't pronounce all of these, that alophobia is the fear of cats? I probably have that one. Algophobia is the fear of pain. Androphobia is the fear of men. Bathophobia is the fear of falling from high places. I have that one too. I don't like heights. Claustrophobia is the fear of being in tight places. My husband has that. Agrophobia is the intense dislike of work. You know anybody that has that? Uh, Amophobia is fear of blood. Cytophobia is the fear of food. So people who have eating disorders have that. Fear is a very real human emotion, which all of us have experienced. If you never have experienced extreme fear, you will. Some point in your life, you will experience fear. So what is fear? Did you know that there, it can paralyze us from doing the work for God? There are 365, I thought this was so interesting, fear nots in the Bible. One for every day of the year. So God is looking out for us. Fear is one of the most basic human emotions. It's programmed into the nervous system and works like an instinct. So it's part of our human makeup. From the time we're infants, we're equipped with the survival instincts necessary to respond with fear when we sense danger or feel unsafe. God has built that in us. Fear helps to protect us. It makes us alert to danger and prepares us to deal with it. Fear can be like a warning, a signal that cautions us to be careful. Now, some people are 
over fearful. There has to be a balance in everything in our life. Fear can be a warning. Like all emotions, fear can be mild, medium, or intense, depending on the situation and the person. A feeling of fear can be brief or it can last a long time. Now, sometimes, have you ever met somebody that lives in fear? I feel so sorry for them because they're missing so much in life. So how does fear work? When we sense danger, the brain reacts instantly, sending signals to activate the nervous system. This causes physical responses such as a faster heartbeat, you ever been there? Rapid breathing and an increase in blood pressure. I mean, in a fearful situation, blood pumps to muscle groups to prepare the body for physical action, such as running or fighting. Uh, a lot of times we call that an adrenaline rush. You know, people have been known in fearful situations to pick up an automobile. They could not do that on an everyday basis. But when that fear kicks in, God has put in us the ability that adrenaline starts flowing and God keeps us safe in those kind of situations. Skin sweats to keep the body cool. Some people might notice sensations in the stomach, the head, the chest, the legs, and the hand. Sometimes fear paralyzes us. You ever been there? These physical sensations of fear can be mild, strong. This response is known as fight or flight because that is exactly what the body is preparing for. Fight off the danger or run fast to get away. The body stays in this state of fight or flight until the brain receives an all-clear message. And then we can breathe. Sometimes, oh, I had this experience night before last at 2.30 in the morning. Now, any of you ever get that warning signal on your phone? Like an amber alert? Or a, it goes beep, 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 you know, real loud. It woke me up at 2.30. And I looked at my phone, and it says, tornado warnings in your area take cover until 3 a.m so i woke my husband up i said we gotta find a place in this house to take cover so i got under the stairs and stayed there till 3 a.m now was i fearful a little bit because we prayed and i felt like god was going to take care of us and Tornadoes aren't known very much in Galveston. We have hurricanes, but not tornadoes. So, so I felt pretty safe, but I had a little bit of fear. <laughs> Where do I go? Where can I take cover? What do I do? And that adrenaline started kicking in. 
it wasn't a pretty sight, me crawling under those stairs and then trying to get up after 3 o'clock. As soon as we get the all-clear signal, 3 o'clock, I was ready to get out of there, got in my bed, and went to sleep. All this can happen in seconds. Fear is the word we use to describe our emotional reaction to something that seems dangerous. But the word fear is used in another way, too. There's a lot of ways fear is used. Uh, I could teach a whole lesson on the fear of God. But fear, what I'm talking about this morning, the word fear is used in another way. To name something a person often feels afraid of. People fear things or situations that make them feel unsafe or unsure. And a lot of people have imaginary fears. You thought about that? I mean, they, they worry about things. Thank God I'm not a worrier. But they worry about things that probably won't ever happen. They have a fear, a fear of going bankrupt, a fear of losing their home, a fear of, you know, they just live in constant fear instead of faith. For instance, someone who isn't a strong swimmer might have a fear of deep water. And if you're not a swimmer, you might have a fear of water, period. Some people are very afraid. In this case, the fear is helpful because it cautions the person to stay safe. Someone could overcome this fear by learning how to swim safely. A fear can be healthy. It can be a good fear. And y'all are a hard audience to teach to. I'd like to see a little response. Ah. Sometimes fear is unnecessary and causes more caution than the situation calls for. Many people have a fear of death, a fear. You know, they live in constant fear. Oh, what a miserable life. Whether it's giving a report in class, speaking to an assembly, or reciting lines, or teaching a Sunday school lesson, or speaking in front of others, it's one of the most common fears people have every day. Avoiding something scary reinforces a fear and keeps it strong. People can overcome unnecessary fears by giving themselves a chance to learn about and gradually get used to the thing or situation they're afraid of. Some people don't like to go in elevators. That's a fear, a real fear. For example, people who fly despite a fear of flying can become used to the unfamiliar situations like takeoff and, or turbulence. They learn to expect. Now, this was one of my fears. I feared for years flying. I would be so uptight in that plane until it landed, till finally a pilot that was in our church, told me about the bumps. Every time it would hit a bump, I was just sure we were going to crash. You know, I just had so much fear of flying. 
But when I learned and was educated, what happened, that the clouds, the sky, there's an airway up there. It's like a highway. And, and just like our roads have bumps and construction and all of the things, the airways have bumps and you have turbulence and different things. And did you know that I completely, God delivered me completely of that fear. I get on an airplane and we pray before takeoff and I'm fine. God, I'm yours. It's going to, whatever, I'm going to get there or I'm not going to get there, but you're, you're in control. And people can overcome by being educated. Phobia, phobophobia is the fear of phobias. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. And more specifically, of the internal sensations associated with phobias and anxiety. And... Many people today are plagued with anxiety, especially with generalized anxiety disorders and panic attacks. Did you know all of that is fear? All of that is fear. Why did Roosevelt mean, what did Roosevelt mean by the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. By saying this, FDR was telling the American people that their fear was making things worse. He goes on to say, nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror, which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. 1 John 4 and 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love does what? Casteth out all fear. Because fear hath torment. He hath feareth, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. Do you have a dream? Are you afraid to dream? Can you share the vision of your pastor? What is a vision? The act of sensing with the eyes. Sight, the act or power of anticipating that which will or may come to be. A vivid conception or anticipation. A seeing, a perception. How does God want to use you to make a difference in this world? Have you ever thought that you are a vessel? And some of us are so fearful of using our talents for God. Martin Luther King literally changed the face of American society in the way we accept the Afro-Americans. He opened doors for them. He motivated us all with what? I have a dream. I've lived long enough that I remember when they sat in the back of the bus and they were not a part 
of our society. But I'm so thankful that that has changed. In 1983, Larry Walters had a dream of flying, but no money for lessons. Now, a lot of you may have read this story. I think it's so interesting. He took a flight in a lawn chair suspended by 41 helium-filled weather balloons. He really wanted to fly, didn't he? He took a lot of time orchestrating that little flight. Can you imagine? 41 helium-filled weather balloons tied to a lawn chair. Reaching 16,000 feet, he began popping the balloons with a pellet gun and descended back to the ground safely. He had a dream, and he had a funny way of fulfilling it. He couldn't, he didn't have money to take flying lessons, so he invented a way that he was going to fly through the air. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. That's one version. Excellence can be attained if, if you care more than others think it's wise. Risk more than others think it's safe. Dream more than others think is practical. People try to shatter our dreams so many times. Expect more than others think is possible. When Henry Ward Beecher was a young boy in school, he learned a lesson in self-confidence, which he never forgot. He was called upon to recite in front of the class. He had hardly begun when the teacher interrupted him with an emphatic, no, he started over again and the teacher thundered, no, humiliated, Henry sat down. So the next boy rose to recite and had just begun when the teacher shouted, no. This student, however, kept on with the recitation until he completed it. As he sat down, the teacher said, very good. Henry was irritated. He said, I recited just as he did, he complained. But the, te the teacher replied, it is not enough to know your lesson. You must be sure. When you allowed me to stop you, it meant that you were uncertain. You weren't sure that you knew it all. If all the world says no, it's your business to say yes and prove it. I'm of the personality if somebody says I can't do something. <laughs> Guess what? I, I'm going to back my ears and do my best to do it. I may not be equipped, but I'll find a way. The devil tells us no in a thousand ways. Did you know that? Every day. No, you can't do that. No, you are wrong. 
No, you are too old. No, you're too young. No, you're too weak. No, it will never work. No, you can't have the education. No, you don't have the background. No, you don't have the money. No, it can't be done. The devil bombards us with that those things every, every day. Each no we hear has the uh, potential to erode our confidence. But bit by bit, until we quit altogether. Though the world says no to you today, will you determine and say yes to your dreams and to your pastor's vision? We can have revival. We can share our pastor's vision. We can win souls. Did you know that's why we're here? That's why God put us here, is to be soul winners. We can disciple new converts, and we can pray and fast until he comes. Did you know that? My husband and I have been going through a situation, and we have, I have been fighting fear. I've overcome it, thank God. But, you know, when you get in a situation, and some of you have been there, and you don't know the outcome, you are full of what ifs, <laughs> right? What if? What if? And the person that's going through it has a lot more what ifs than we, the support system. And... Um, my husband has fought fear. He he might not admit it, but he's fought some fear and needed the peace of God to cover him. I had already found that peace, and it was, I guess, about a week and a half ago. It's the middle of the night, I laid my hand on his head and started singing. Peace of God, cover me. Cover me. Through the storms, cover me. You. I don't know if you know that song. Look it up on YouTube by Mark Condon. He is the source. He is our source. We don't, we don't always know what battles we're going to face. We are stunned a lot of times by situations that we find ourselves in. But thank God for his peace that can cover us and give us peace through the storm. You are my only hope. You, thank God, and thank God for people who are anointed and write songs that help us. Another one has been, I know the peace speaker. I know him by name. He, he calms the wind and the rain. I am so thankful that I know him in dark times and in good times. 
I heard Brother R.E. Johnson preach. He was an old-time preacher, a sermon one time, and I have never forgotten it. It probably doesn't have anything to do with uh, peace and my amber alerts going off. Yours is too. <laughs> I hear, but uh, I had this up here to find the words of that song. But uh, he preached a sermon about God's regular customers. And I guess because my grandmother lived in a little rural town where they only had one store and and a gas pump, I guess I related to that sermon so much because he said, you know, if if John gets in trouble in the middle of the night and has lives in a, a little place, it's not a town, and he needs some gas to go to the hospital, and he knocks on the door, he's a regular customer, and that proprietor's going to get up in the middle of the night and service him because he's a regular customer. He brings money into the business. But if a stranger comes through and knocks on the door, passing through that little town, the proprietor, what's he going to do? He's going to turn over and go back to sleep most of the time because that guy's not a regular customer. He doesn't know him. And he likened that to our relationship with God. Do we wait till we get in trouble and knock on the door and he doesn't know who we are? We're not regular customers. We haven't been in tune with him every day. And I want to be a regular customer. What about you? I want God to know my name. I want him to know who I am and where I am. It's so important. And we need the fear. You will serve who you fear. We were talking about a different kind of fear, a personal, emotional fear, but You'll serve who you fear. The church does not understand the fear of the Lord, but it's a significant part of living our victorious life. The man who fears God begins to know him and understand his ways. The man who fears God is led in the ways of God and blessed by him. Now, see, I've turned that fear totally around from being emotional fear to living in the fear of God. The man or woman who fears God will have his days prolonged by God. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened in Proverbs. The man who fears God is protected by the angels of the Lord. We're all familiar with that. Psalms 34 and 7. 
the angels of the Lord encampeth round about them that what? That fear him. Aren't you glad that you know about the fear of the Lord? So many people don't. They live in that other fear, emotional fear, and not knowing that the fear of the Lord will cover them. The man who fears God will want, no, want for nothing because God will be his source. And another favorite song of mine is, He is the strength of my life. He is the source of my strength. And I never can remember the title of that song. But He is. He is. Total praise. Total praise. The man who fears God will want for nothing. The man will be covered by the mercy of the Lord and will have the strength to depart from evil. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. It's so important for those two fears to be operative in our lives. So important. The fear of God, and thank you for the clock up there. It's very helpful. The fear of God, more than just respecting him, it is giving him the place of glory, honor, and reverence in our thanksgiving and praise that he deserves. Notice that it is what he deserves, not what we think he deserves. Our total life should be lived in the fear of God. The fear of man, to fear man is to stand in anxiety. And so many people are plagued with that. Cowering before mortal men. Those who fear man live on the run, hiding from harm or reproach and constantly avoiding rejection and confrontation. That's, that's another fear. That's one of those fears that I talked about. Those who fear men constantly seek to preserve and protect themselves in times of hardship. Instead of what? Trusting. Uh, songs are just coming through my head as I'm teaching. And another favorite is, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. How I have, what? Proved him. How many times? O'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus. Precious. Precious, precious Jesus. I'm so glad that in times of trouble, he puts us in a cocoon, just covers us and keeps us. I'm so glad that I know him and the power of the Holy Ghost. God sometimes withholds his glory to test and prepare us. 
Do you know that the teacher is silent during the test? And sometimes when we're in a dark place, we wonder, okay, is this ever going to end? Where is God? You ever been there? Okay, God, where are you? I need you, and you're nowhere to be found. I had a person this week in my home saying, God's forgotten me. God, I've done this, and I've done that, and God's not coming through. It's not answering. Okay, you're in a place where you need to trust. When we give it to God and quit worrying about it and quit being fearful, guess what? What does he do? He takes care of it. How many times do, there's an old song that says, take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. I, I wrestled for years with that because I'd pick them back up. I could put them down, but, you know, I could pick them back up and take them with me instead of leaving them there and letting the Lord take care of it. Have you, how many times have been in a situation where I tried to do fix it? I'm a fixer. I tried to fix it. Guess what? It didn't work. Everything I do didn't work. But I give it to God, and maybe that day or the next day, he would fix it. And here I am, have been wrestling with it and trying to make it work for days. And he fixed it all the time. I want to live in the fear of God. How about you? I want my emotional fears to be good fear. I want it to kick in when I'm in trouble. If I have to run or if I have to fight, I won't, I don't want to live in fear of something happening all the time. I don't want the bad fear. I want the good fear and I want the fear of God. I want to be bold for him for his service. Whatever you do for the kingdom, if it's cleaning the toilet, whatever you do, step out of your comfort zone. That God honors whatever we do. A lot of ministries are behind the scenes. That's the kind I have. I, I, I'm a servant, and I, I love to serve. But I don't want to be out front necessarily, you know, or I'm happy where I am. And whatever you do, I used to tell our church, those doors back there, you can't see, but there's, there's hinges on those doors. Or most doors, there's hinges. On those doors, I can't see the hinges from where I am. I don't know if they're visible or not. But inside those hinges, there's a bolt. And that bolt, you certainly can't see. Even if, if the 
hinges are visible. You can't see that bolt. But did you know that that bolt and those hinges are very important? Because they're keeping those doors up there. They're holding the doors, and the doors shield us from cold. They shield us from danger. They shield us from heat. Those doors are important. But what's holding those doors are more important. It takes it all. And maybe you're a boat or a hinge and will never be seen, but you are very important to the kingdom of God. God bless you. It's been a pleasure to be with you this morning. We love this church. We love the grants. And this church has a lot of history for my husband, and it's very important to us. God bless you.